How's it going, Suncast listeners? Man, what a weekend. We got some hot takes coming this way. Ain't that right, Josh? Oh, yeah. Bunch well, of hot takes. Dude, what a weekend. I mean, I, don't, I really don't even know what to get into. Obviously, the college football talk is going to wait until the end. We got a lot of college football to get into. But before we get into anything, this episode is brought to you by the one. The only. That beautiful Brazilian man right across the street of Weber International University. Mr. Bond, know you're listening. Know you're cooking up some good food, man. Really appreciate all the love and support. Everything else, keep doing you. Y'all know the deal over there. If you go to Weber, Southeastern, Warner, it's worth the drive. Head over there. If you're not at one of those schools here in beautiful Polk County, Florida, (laughs) Josh is laughing when I say that. But if you're not there and you do come and play Weber, go and uh, get, get, get him a shot. It's always awesome. Go and get some food from Mr. Vine. Uh, all the support. He supports us a lot here at Suncast. And speaking of support, Josh, we have gotten a lot of support out of my beautiful home state of Georgia, the Peach State, more specifically, one of my favorite cities. Honestly, probably my favorite city in the state. Beautiful city. Josh, you ever been to Savannah, Georgia? I have never been to Savannah, Georgia, no. Savannah is beautiful, man. And it's not, honestly, I'd like, if there was like a bigger stadium there, like an NFL team or whatnot, it'd be a great place to have the Georgia-Florida game. Josh, the SCAD Bees have been showing a ton of support. Like that that, that team, they're up with like Southeastern baseball levels, so showing the support. I mean, you know, outside of Weber schools. SCADcast? SCADcast? <laughs> yeah, I wish they were more more with, with like had like baseball and football. One of them, man, that SCAD women's soccer team. They did something today. Unbelievable. You know, uh, you know. unfortunately, I don't – you don't – we're student athletes. We don't get to watch all the games, all the Sun Conference games. Um, they played an early morning game today against the defending national champion, Tennessee Southern, a.k.a. the Sun Conferences, bitch. Um, now, at this point, I don't – Excuse our French. Yeah, what, bitch, I was talking about the female dog. Okay. Okay, yeah. I, I think that's PG. We can keep that. Anyways, uh, they go on and they win an absolute – Classic, man. Tennessee goes up early in the first half, go into halftime. SCAD makes the adjustments. They tie it up 1-1. Later on, about 10, 15 minutes left in the game. Sorry, about 20 minutes left in the game. Tennessee Southern gets another goal, makes it 2-1. About 10 minutes later, SCAD ties it up. And with two minutes left, a defensive error by the left fullback for Tennessee Southern. SCAD capitalizes and hits a winner with about 90 seconds left, man. It was incredible, electric. Uh, SCAD's legit. And i tell you what, Josh, I'm ready to do it. I'm, re- I'm ready to pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. I'm only, you know, I, I, I don't do this a lot. No. I've only done it once before, and I was right. I'm one to know. I said it with baseball. I'm ready to say it. The Sun Conference is the best conference. They are by far the best conference in women's soccer right now. I mean, Kaiser. Top to bottom. Top, top to bottom. And like the top, I mean, when the polls come out, we're going to have – we should have – at least three teams in the top ten. Weber Women's Soccer is going to be knocking on that door, too. Undefeated. Undefeated. Shout, shout out the girls in the bat. Undefeated. Undefeated. But we got to talk about what happened with the other three teams that I have. And honestly, they could be three teams in the top five. Uh, we said what SCAD did. They went and won a, a classic in Savannah against Tennessee Southern. William and Carey went to uh, Lakeland to play Southeastern, and that was another classic. 5-4, fire came out on top against the number two team in the nation. And then what has been the most dominant stretch that I've seen uh, so far, I mean, obviously the most dominant stretch I've seen on here was Southeastern baseball and what they did. But what I saw, what I've been seeing from Kaiser soccer, dude, they're 5-0 and and have not allowed a goal. I, I know you're not a big, big like uh, soccer guy. No, but that, that's like that's on the same level as like southeastern dominance. Yeah, I mean that, that's insane. Like they're scoring. I don't. Like, they haven't been in a close game. Today was kind of close against uh, number seventeen Reinhardt, but still, man, what they scored two goals early in the first half and then just played defense. Chilled. I mean, they play excellent defense. They can park the bus, and you're not going to move that sun gun. They're they're legit. I'm excited for. For a Sun Conference play to get here because seeing those, those, those four teams match up against each other is going to be awesome. St. Thomas is looking solid too. They have really good defense. I think whenever St. Thomas and Kaiser plays, it could very well be a very, a very like a whoever scores first kind of deal. Football, the other football, 
then I or hold on, before before we get into football, I kind of want to put into perspective like what happened with West Sun Conference soccer, like in football terms for you. Imagine the top three teams right now. I'm gonna say for analogy's sake, are Alabama and Georgia in college football. Imagine Georgia, who's number two, went to Michigan State and lost. And then imagine Alabama in back-to-back weeks went to, or excuse me, actually welcomed in Ohio State, lost, then went to Michigan and lost. It's like that. It's like Alabama losing to Ohio State and Michigan, and then Georgia losing to Michigan State. I mean, Big Ten fans would be exploding right now, right? Exploding. That's, that's kind of what happens. So Tennessee Southern lost to Kaiser at home and then loses to SCAD. And then William and Carey comes to Lakeland and get and another absolute classic 5-4, loses to them. So there's the analogy for other not so not, there's, not there's, soccer. There's some serious controversy in women's soccer in, this, in NAI right now. Yeah, Some serious controversy in the rankings. Yeah, I mean, not, whoever, number one and number two are not number one and number two. I mean, they they won't be, and I'm not sure when when the first uh, actual season polls. I mean, preseason polls are like the most useless thing in sports, in my opinion. I mean, the defending national champ just took two fat L's against the Sun Conference. So yeah, I'm on that that's, soapbox. I'm, that, I'm that's ready to a roll. trend. The Sun Conference is knocking off ranked teams. It's crazy, right? Ranked teams, previous national champs, and all the sports through. Yeah. The Sun Conference. It's crazy. Let's talk a little little Sun Conference football. What you got for us? Because it was tough. It, it was a weekend. Tough. It was a yeah. weekend full of tests. It was. And we'll we'll start off with probably the team that had the toughest test it was Florida Memorial against Southern University. It's tough on that. Back on the last episode, we talked about hoping Flomo could you know kind of show up and and give Southern a little bit of a tough time, but they did the complete opposite. Yeah, that was. Southern University scored 42 points in the first quarter. Um, total yards, Southern, 396 yards. Florida Memorial, 31 yards total of offense. We, we can kind of figure out just how good that team is, though, of Southern. Like, we can kind I'm of sorry, figure- I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Total offense, 611 yards for Southern, 92 for Florida Memorial. That was, that was just rushing. I, my apologies. Good Lord. I mean, we, we can kind of figure out how good that Southern team is. I mean, are they a lower D1 or are they kind of one of those higher D1 FCS? They play LSU uh, right. next week, but they're I don't really know how good LSU is. So, but we'll, we'll get in more more about that earlier. But other team that went and had a pretty tough time, or not a tough time, but a tough challenge opener all the way up in Indiana. I give them an A plus though. What do you? St. Thomas Saint played Tom. Butler yeah. to the wire. To the wire. Had a had a. Excellent shot to win it there at the end. Just couldn't quite pull it out. But what are your takeaways from that? Is it? I mean, yeah, Butler is a, they're an FCS team. They're in Stetson's division, where they can't uh, go out and give scholarships. But still, they're a Division One football team with much better road, athletes. On much paper. better, respectfully, obviously, yeah. I mean, a, a one possession game, NAI versus D one. That's going from to, from the top level of this game to to I'm not going to say the bottom, but in terms of how Divisions are lined up in college sports. It is considered the bottom. But that's going to change Poor. very soon. Poor. Just wait till but we get that Southeastern. To, to put in, in perspective on how close high-level NAIA and low-level low level Division One is quarterback Tyler Thomas, 22 of 38, almost 300 yards and a touchdown. I mean. What, what was the score at halftime? Like, they were up. We were up. Or not we. St. Thomas was up at half, right? Yes. It was. I know they led at some point in. 14 3 at half. So. All they had to do was play a little bit more defense. Maybe they just. I think, like I think it's probably going to go down to the depth, and they were just a little bit more tired, yeah. which all goes back to the quality of athlete. That Butler has the luxury of having probably a few better athletes than St. Thomas mm-hmm. in terms of top to bottom. But I mean, that that's a really good showing for, for the Sun Conference. That and then. If that game's in Miami Gardens, things might be very different, and we saw that on the Division One level. Yeah, Northwest, all the way down to the southeast part of the United States. Well, that, that I don't know if you that, guys watched that game, but there there was players puking on the field during the game. Oh, you're talking you're talk, talking about Utah. I thought Utah. you were talking about Oregon and Georgia. I was about to say that that, that Utah Georgia game could have been, or excuse me, that uh, Oregon Georgia game could have been played on Mars. 
It would, it would not have mattered. Anyway, but we'll get to our yeah, our Division One we'll, segment we'll later. That, yeah, we'll say that for the end. But back to to the tests and and the Sun Conference. Warner traveled to Pensacola, and unfortunately, got ran out of the building. Yeah. Um, fifty-two to three. That never really had a chance. Um. You know it's tough. West Florida's a, a powerhouse Division Two. I mean, it it all goes back to the quality of athletes and. Warner's not a not one of the top top Sun Conference teams, no. and they went up against a very 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 good Division two school. So they were they were that was probably a money thing. Is that how that works yeah. in the NEIA? Um, where they can I, I, I can't I cannot say one hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure. So that was just probably a test for their players, just to, or maybe not even a test, just kind of like a reality check on, on to sh- to show their players what what's what's the top and like what they can potentially get to and you know it didn't necessarily work out but i'm sure it was a good experience and they got to you know test their physicality and you know their heart and things like that so i'm sure that's going to prepare them for the sun conference uh slated on schedule but um i, I like things like i like when teams here schedule and we, we've talked a lot about why but another thing that's popped in my head i like it because I'm sure a lot of those guys at Warner sent films, sent emails, maybe even talked to West Florida. And I'm sure it's the same way, and they get looked over. It's an opportunity for you to go out there and be like, hey, you remember when I sent you those emails? Probably not. Well, look at this. Now, I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there, was, there was some of that in there, but this is... That yeah, was a tough one. Yeah. Very and, tough. I mean, Warner's rebuilding, and West Florida is... Top, Re- and they reloading? Want, no, they're not reloading. They're, no, they I'm want, saying they reload every year. Oh yeah, a uh, reloading. Reload, like not yes. Yeah. They, Georgia uh, and Alabama reload. Yeah, that, so uh, D1 talk. That was we so got we got to wait. So fun. It was so okay. We, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. But Southeastern man. had another test of uh, Division One. Savannah State. They're Division Two going Division One. Okay. So they traveled up to Savannah to play Savannah State, and they took that game off the jump, up twenty-seven nothing at halftime. Um, that quarterback's scary, man. Kalen Wiggins, 12 yeah. of 24, 187 yards, two touchdowns. Kalen Wiggins. Is a 12 problem. carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Are we getting a Are we getting a NAIA version vibe of Anthony Richardson? I think we're getting a NAIA version of, like, Lamar Jackson. Oh, we're talking Lamar. I'm talking he is – I was able to watch a little bit. Dude, he is scary with his legs. I mean, it was that's a, a trend in, in that's a trend in college and professional football. Yeah, it, I mean it is, and then the college it used to, it used to be the quarterback position used to be a an arm and mind game, not anymore. Yeah, well, it's I mean, a mind, have, legs, and arm game. Yeah, you have to do all three if you want to be elite. Absolutely, or you have to be Tom Brady level with the arm. Yeah, and th- this this guy's elite. He is elite running the football. He is another running back in the backfield. I mean, we talked about it on. The preseason episode against Southeastern, we 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 told everybody he's going to be an impact player. Yeah, uh, we had a lot. You don't of transfer into Southeastern as a grad as a grad transfer senior yeah. to come just be mediocre. Absolutely, and we we were unsure just what Southeastern was going to be. I mean, uh, their head coach stepping down for health reasons, losing a lot, a ton of skill players. But I mean, the defense Off to is a looking great start. amazing. I mean, they're they're two and zero, and. I, you know, I can't say too much about football. I'll, I'll let you uh, talk. We're off talk. to a great start, though, yeah. Southeastern. Shout out to the fire. Shout out to um, the fire. Moving down to a team who's honestly impressed me so far. Ava Maria holding on against Lawrence Tech, starting off the year 2-0. and I'm sure many people didn't expect that. I did not. Mm-hmm. I believe. Sure not. No, I, you, took, you had them losing that one. I, okay, shout out to Avi. I don't know if any of you guys watched or heard the episode where I had you guys losing to Lawrence Tech, but I can. I hopefully can say that you guys took that as some motivation, and I'm happy to see the Sun Conference win. They took that personal. They took it personal, and that, and like I tell people all the time, that's I'm not here to ba- to bash people just to be, just to be an a hole. I'm here to do it for all for good reason. Yeah. All for I'm giving my personal opinion, and I want if my opinion doesn't agree with you, I want you to take it in a positive way and apply it to your team and to your program. We're positive here, unless you're a. Never mind. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll say. I'll tell you, like, connect these dots. I would love to have Kalen Wiggins on this podcast. I would love to have Kalen Wiggins on this podcast. We've got some awesome football interviews that are lined up coming up. This is like I think this will probably be the last last episode that Without. we do that doesn't have interviews for probably the rest of fall. 
because we got that lined up. We got soccer ones lined up. Um, but yeah, it, it, we, so we got some awesome. Stay awesome tuned stuff. to some some big time podcasts. Yeah, in the near and future. I'm talk, I, I'm not talking about guys that just get. I'm talking the best football players in the conference are coming on on Suncast very 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 soon. And last but not least, and soccer. Last but not least, in Sun Conference football, Weber, Weber traveled to Lebanon, Tennessee, to play Cumberland University, and the Weber Warriors had it at hand, up twenty four ten going into the no, up twenty four ten at some point in the third quarter. Early in the third, we were up, yeah. Twenty four to ten, um, just kind of let us slip away, just a little bit too late with the comeback. Um, Cody Braden, another good game, seventeen of 30, 197 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Being really good with the football, really yeah. good decisions. That, 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 that's been the best thing. This is the only thing I'm going to say about this Weber game. That's been the most impressive thing so far from Cody is how well he's been taking care of the football. He's taking care of the football at an excellent level. And true freshman, Terry Weems Jr., seven carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown, 70-yard run. Tremont Bright, the, the workhorse, 21 carries, 71 yards. Didn't look like he was able to get it going much, but – you know, he, he was working 21 carries. Was able, I'm sure it was played a part in wearing down the defense. You know, Jacob Moss with a big 70-yard touchdown. Um, Frederick Curry with a with six catches. I think that led the way. Six catches and a touchdown, 50 yards. Um, and shout-out to, you know, Rocky O'Rourke, 10 tackles, one one sack. Shout-out the Rock Dog. Um, probably one of my favorite defensive players on Weber. Parker's need five, uh, seven tackles. Uh, one pass breakup. Um, Trent Peacock also with six tackles. Um, yeah, Weber's secondary is looking good, man. Very, very good. Cam Stevens, two tackles. Any sacks? I, don't know, I think I think they messed up on the uh, on recording sacks or something. Looking at the stat. And Kate Borders, five tackles. Yeah. I mean, these guys are you know looks seems to me like this is flying around the field, make trying to make plays. It, it was good. Uh, it was good. I can say definitively, we were the better football team on that on that field. We were the better team. Um, you know, but that's football. It is football. Things and if I'm not mistaken, you guys got drummed by this team last year? No, we did not play them You did not play no, them that, last that year. That was Lindsey Wilson. No, we did not play this team last year. Okay. Um, you know, something that their coach said after the game is we, we're a good football team and they got lucky. Now, whether or not he just said that to say that or he meant that. but There's always some truth to something to things that people say. So, yeah. I mean, it was I mean 24 to 10. You guys were handling them. Things happen. You know, throughout the game, you know, your scheme gets a little bit messed up. You know, start to pick up on stuff, and your offense slows down, and your defense is getting gassed. And, you know, you, Weber scores one more touchdown and kicks another field goal. I mean, that game's over. You know, it's, but it, like I said, it's football happens. Yeah, the, the last thing I'll say about that, as a captain and special teams captain, I can promise you this, that's the last time we, we look like that on special teams this year. I promise I promise that. I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. I get my practice is going to be. Yeah, and, I, and I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to see Weber International Spunner come back. No, I'm ready. To start to making back. plays on special teams because, like we said this on the another episode, special teams is underrated on how important it is to a football game. I mean, that's why we lost the game, you know. And you see it in the actually at the Division One level last night. If you guys are watching the FSU LSU game. Yep. You saw how detrimental the special teams play was to LSU's outcome of the game. I mean, if you watch the last play when they go for the the PAT, the the far left uh, line, the, the far wing, left the lineman, wing, the, the left the left wing, instead of crashing down, chased the outside guy and he left the guy straight right, to go crazy. in free to block the kick. And that that mistake cannot happen at that point in the game after no. a ninety nine yard drive. All right, that that's basic special teams right there. You have it on, on a field goal, you. Always block inside. I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, and it, that's football, though. I mean, right there, that cost him the game. I think that game goes in overtime that they win. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I was watching another podcast earlier, and, and the guy I was watching suggested that they probably should win for two. You're losing, new program, probably going to win your locker room over with that call, win or lose. So that's a questionable thing, too. But you also saw two two muffed punts. And there was also there was another miscue on on special teams. But I'm I'm not. Uh, uh, I can actually tell you my mom. My mom actually sent me this, and look, she was like, "Look at the special teams." Uh, let's see. My mom sent me this, and it said it was a muff punt, muff punt, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on kickoff, blocked field goal, and then the blocked extra point. 
Okay, so a blocked field goal and a blocked extra point. Yeah. So that were, that's four points, and they lost by one point. Shout out Mama Dawn. there was, I believe, Florida State got a, scored a touchdown after one of them off punts, or was it a field goal? So if you don't, I think if you it catch was a your, field goal. And you then catch it, your punts, and you make your PAT and your field goal, that's net seven points, and this game isn't even question at the end. You're yeah. probably going to be taking the knee. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's what's going on because when LSU hired Brian Kelly, I was like, oh my god, that's a slam dunk. They just took him from I mean, over the last ten years of a top five program in Notre Dame, and I mean, it seems like it's all over now for LSU. No, they're gonna. I, this might be one of the worst years for LSU football in a long time. Yeah, and the and they just lost a number one wide receiver. Uh, yeah, Kajon Butte. I'm calling it now. He's not. He's the, not off the team. He has out to there be. yet. But I believe he'll he, be in the transfer portal sooner rather than later. He he has to be off of the team. For those that don't know, uh, reported by Ken Ken Rosenthal on uh, Yah- uh, via Yahoo Sports. Also, he said the report. Now this is a, a legend and reported. But when you got Rosenthal and a Yahoo Sports tweeting about it, there's there's water to it. Apparently, after the game. Now also, this is. Never mind, not him. But apparently, this guy says. Okay, hold on, I got my wires mixed up for a second. Sorry, brain fart. Um, anyways, he got in a screen match with Brian Kelly. Which, first off, you don't get in screen matches with your head coach. You don't. You don't need to do that. You're not supposed to do that. But then he calls him a fake. Oh boy, interception, first play in, in the Clemson Georgia Tech game. Wow, this is gonna be. This is gonna be. A, Nightmare. It's gonna be a blowout for Tech. Um, anyways, it's got constant buildups building up. There. What did he say? Anyway, <laughs> probably already googled it by now. Anyways, he said he called um, Brian Kelly a quote fake Ed Ogeron. I mean, you can't. You can't. Good lord! That. Imagine you went up to Colin Martin and said you're a fake Brad Kneehammer. Oh, that that's just oh 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 my god! I mean. Oh, no. Oh, God, he'd kill you. He, he I'm, I'm surprised. I think for legal reasons, Brian Kelly didn't kill Kayshawn Booty, but if it was up to him, he would. I can't stand what Brian Kelly's, like, trying to be and, like, do at LSU where I talk and bike, shawl, and axe and all of this. That's the and, podcast I watched today was making fun of that exactly. Really? What podcast you listen to? Uh, Coach, the real Coach JB. Oh, uh, His podca- He's the most unfiltered, explicit, rated one. R podcast, talk show, TikTok, Instagram. Twitter, if so, you want to laugh and you want to hear some real shit, yeah, tune in to Real Coach JB. So you're telling me Southeastern players probably can't go on that one either? Probably not. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to hear some explicit shit. I didn't know he had a pod. I've uh, seen him on TikTok. It might, it might be a talk show, but it's like in podcast form, format. Okay. Well, we'll look it up. We'll, we'll but no, his, his, his episodes are electric. I, lo- I, I sat in my bed early today for probably an hour watching his videos, and oh my God. If you want to hear, because he's an excellent football coach, and the reason he's not a football coach is because of the way he speaks around the kids and around on the internet. But he knows what the hell he's talking about. I had a good, really good friend, great guy, one of the most street smart, one of the best guys, smartest guys I know, uh, David Ports. He was one of our offensive linemen at Lincoln University School. Went to for Weber. He transferred from. Independence. He was off. He played there uh, under Coach Jason Brown. Yeah, he he played there. I think the year before Netflix or something like that. Wow, yeah. just missed Netflix. Oh no, he was there. He was on the show. I'm sure, no, like in the background. Or I something. think like in the background stuff. Yeah, but he, yeah, he was there. Oh, he was there. He was there because he was um, he was there for the uh, wow. He just stopped him. Three and out. Three and out. Wow. And football does Clemson, never Clemson, never Clemsoning. But he was there for the uh, – remember the, on Last Chance You with the cow episode? Yeah. He was there for that. That's sick. Yeah, that was funny. He was small world. Like, uh, Such a small world. Such a small world. But anyways, uh, bring it back full circle. He said Jason Brown is one of the realest, best coaches. That was just a plate breakdown right there. Uh, I mean, I, the, the run, I don't know what running back or something was confused. Um, no, but, but he said I, he's one of the realest guys that, that he knows. And, and that's funny that you say coach. that because I'm saying it from a perspective of him not screaming at me in the most vulgar language possible. Oh, yeah. And you have a guy who probably experienced that who is saying the same thing. So I think what a pun, by the to way. to the to the most to the common eye, Jason Brown is a heck, heck of a football coach. 
football mind. And I'm sure he's going to find his way on national television one day. Of course, he's going to have to clean up his language, clean up how he speaks. But I can see him being like a football version of Stephen A. Smith, but a little bit more realistic. You know where he wouldn't have to clean up his language? Barstool. Ooh. Ooh. Barstool JB would go crazy. Oh, he would be great. I'm surprised Dave Portnoy ain't got on that. Yeah, but uh, well, he's also probably sitting on plenty of money. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, probably, he's fine. Yeah, he's, he's, he's so fine. Yeah. He lives a great life, lives with his two dogs, grills out, yeah. drink, has his own whiskey, yeah. his own book. Like, the man the man knows what he's doing. And he, re- he realized that coaching and national television is probably not his thing just because of his personality. But he found a way to get it out there for it to be okay because the Internet is not – you can say what you want on the Internet. Yeah. No matter what. Unless you're Andrew Tate. And he's this is true. Yeah. This is true. We're not going to get into that. No, that's – yeah, not – yeah, no. Screw Andrew Tate. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's – We do not need to yeah, no, get into that Misogynistic POS. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, Sun Conference football, I mean, all of them, for the most part, had, had big tests. I mean, Southeastern answered the bell. St. Thomas answered the bell, even though they didn't come up. Yeah, I, I consider that that a win, not for St. Thomas, but for, for I mean, the Sun Conference in general, that's a win. Flomo, I mean, they're they're the bot, a bottom of the Sun throw Conference, away, but throw, throw that game away. it's just it's kind of hard to expect them to be successful. Same with Warner, and, you know, Weber still a fairly good showing after a really 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 bad season last year for the most part. Ended well, but it was a, a tough season. But I mean, a blowout win in week one and a down to the wire game in week two. Have a better team um, for three and a half quarters. Aubrey Maria is shocking the, the Sun Conference right now with a 2-0 yeah, start yeah. heading to Fort Lauderdale next week. Could be 3-0. Maybe 3-1 heading into Sun Conference play. That's dangerous. With a, t- with a team like that, you do not want to mess with them. I'm giving them big Vanderbilt vibes this year. Uh, okay, that's fair, but Vanderbilt's beat an FCS team and the worst team in FBS this year. So the Vanderbilt but way I think Aubrey Maria but, but played still. some two very bottom-of-the-barrel NAI teams. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay, that's Madonna. That's a good analogy, then. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good analogy. Um, but, I mean, just a preview of this coming weekend. Kaiser heading to Mississippi College. Big test. I I, I, I really hope Kaiser is able to pull this off. I like like I said, Avi and Maria heading, heading to Fort Lauderdale. Um, St. Thomas heading up to Chicago to play St. Xavier. Hoping to ride that. I want, It's, it's kind of hard not to say it's a high horse. But ride that high horse of really good game against the Division One school. They're I see St. Thomas. Have to bring it. They're going to Saint, Saint Xavier is a pretty solid team, and they're, they're I think St. Thomas is going to show them what kind of football. Hey, we just did this. Y'all better watch out. Yeah. And then Weber hosting Atlantis in a scrimmage. I believe Weber will get back on track in this game, and then Southeastern hosting Flomo, and that might get ugly fast. Southeastern fire on fire. No pun intended. Um, well, you know, it's crazy. It's every year, Flomo is going to play one top-of-the-conference team really tough. Last year, it was Kaiser. Kaiser only beat him 31-26 last year. Yeah. So, I mean. Like I said, that, that, that was what I was hoping they were going to be able to do against against Southern. But, yeah. you know, it is, it is what it is. It happens. You know, they just got to flush that game and move on to the next, just Good like in all, all of sports. Look at that, man. Brian Brisey for Clemson. If y'all don't know who Brian Brisey is, y'all need to find out soon because this is one of the best defensive linemen Ever. That, does, that doesn't wear red and black in college football this year. All right, Josh, let's get selfish real quick, and let's just talk about how freaking good. We'll talk about the SEC East and the SEC as a whole, but good Lord. Um, you know, I hate Florida. I really do. But that was impressive, man. Now, do I think what do I think Utah went out there and played their best game? No. Do I think Utah's dead? No. I think Utah could still be in the playoff talk. Now they have to go twelve and zero the rest of the year, including winning the Pac twelve. And Florida has to play well also to make that loss not look as bad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> there's a good chance that there's going to be a twelve and one conference champion that oh. can go in them or Utah. So this this Florida team's really got to honestly. It's in their own destiny in Utah that they that's in their own destiny, but it's also slightly in Florida's destiny to not completely fall apart at some point in this year. And I really, I was at I was at the game, and I was kind of able to see how everything was interacting. And I've already watched the game over again. That's the kind of Florida fan I am, just to let everybody know. And by the way, I hate Georgia too. Just he can throw that comment in there. I'm gonna throw it. Well, in there I mean, too. we're Georgia. I, we're Georgia, Florida fans. We we hate we hate our teams, but we're we're both rational. Very rational. Very and that's why fans. I get along with Reagan and I can talk football with Reagan and talk Florida Georgia rivalry and 
I can talk about his team. He can talk about my team without me getting pissed off and without him getting pissed off. But I have friends who are Georgia fans that I literally will not speak to about football because they're so irrational, and it just drives me bonkers. And quite frankly, one of them lives with me, so I just avoid that. Shout out Ty. Shout out, shout out Ty Milliner. Very irrational Georgia fan, which is expected for a guy who knows maybe five guys on the roster. But you know, I'll love the tie. But um, no, in seriousness, so that that was really impressive. The swamp was rocking. That's the best I've seen. The swamp was. So the, it was the it was time. the largest opening day crowd. Ninety thousand. You were there. You were there. Tell me. Tell I was there. That was I was there for the Auburn game when the Michael P. Ryan busted off the eighty-eight yard run. That was the electric roar. I was also at the game where. Brad Stewart Jr. intercepted Joe Burrow for the pick six in 2018 also, and that was a roar. But I just want you guys to put in perspective, those roars happened numerous times throughout this game. The Swamp swamp is back in terms of atmosphere. Do you wish – I think the best neutral side game in college football, like far and away, is the largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville. In the middle of both both teams, it's perfect. It's great. The 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 red, the the blue, the half of the blue being gone by the fourth quarter. It's awesome. But I'm just gonna let that one slide. Yeah. Do you but wish? But I but I know Reagan's gonna. Oh, uh, I, 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 I want to get the question. I want to get the question. Do you wish for maybe just two years, maybe permanently, it would be home and home? I would love to see what it's like. Cause because I know God. I'm gonna say this: if Florida went into Stanford Stadium. I don't know how Florida's going to react. But all, all I can say, because I've never been in Sanford Stadium, but I've been in the Swamp, and I know if the Georgia Bulldogs go into the Swamp, Stetson Bennett will have a tough time. I'm sure he will figure it out, but Stetson Bennett will indeed struggle at some point during that game. Well, I'll say the same for AR. Absolutely. That yeah. That's what I'm saying. I haven't been there, so I can't say what it's like. Yeah. But that's where you would say I'd say the Swamp comment. The Swamp is harder to win at than Sanford Stadium. Object. I, I mean, Swamp, I mean, Swamp's one of the hardest. Speaking ones. of AR-15, shout out to Dan Mullen's yeah. Heisman Dark Horse, and shout out yeah. to Dan Mullen's recruiting for that guy. Even though Dan Mullen's recruiting was poorer than poor, thank you for Anthony Richardson. Well, I can say this: the Week One Heisman was the quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. It, and and and, it, and the se- and the that, second place finish was it, the quarterback was for the Florida Gators. I, I completely agree, but Stetson Bennett went. I don't have stats in front of me. Look for up. almost 400 yards. 25, tell me if I got it right, 25 for 31, 368 yards, two touchdowns, and he a rushing one, touchdown. Yeah. And a rushing touchdown. Pretty sure that's right. But, I mean, all this talk, Stetson Bennett, it's not that. Stetson Bennett ain't this. 25 of 31, 368, two touchdowns. Damn, I'm good. God, I'm good. Reggie two stats. Two carries, eight yards, one touchdown. Reggie stats. But, I mean, hit that, that when he spun around and went full Johnny Manziel on Oregon's ass, good Lord. All right, I, that's enough. That's enough of us being self, selfish. I feel like that. Uh, that's about three, four minutes of us being se- selfish. Okay, we we were both chomping at the bit. No pun intended to talk about that. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> All right. Okay. Outside. Oh, we got a fumble. We got a fumble. Uh, uh, I think they're going to discuss. Uh, Georgia oh, Tech Georgia Tech ball. Georgia Tech ball. Oh, they're arguing. All right. Frick, I hate ref shows. Whatever. Here, we're gonna find out. Let's look real quick. While we're looking. Who he's down, he's down. All right, outside of our two teams, who I think were the two winners of the week by by far and away, who else? Who were your others in college football winners of the week? I got mine. Florida they, State. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that's a good one. I that's I hate Florida State more than I hate Georgia. I cannot stand Florida State, and I was surrounded by people who were rooting for Florida State last night. I was watching that game, and when LSU was about to tie that game. I was about to talk so much crap. I literally recorded, I started a video of the PAT, and I was like, SEC is not done yet, and I had to bite my, I'd eat crow. I cannot stand Florida State, but I have to shout them out. They handled the high school team they played in week one. They beat an SEC team that a lot of people thought they were going to get ran through. Yeah. Some very questionable coaching there and that and during that game. But you can't, you can't beat. You cannot beat a two and zero start. You can't be potentially a three and zero start heading into ACC play, and you know watching two SEC or two ACC teams play right now, who are struggling to keep the ball, making mistakes early. I mean Florida State. They could. They really had haven't made many mistakes yet. A tremendous running back, a, a very experienced quarterback. 
you know, a defense who looks nasty. I mean, shout out to Florida State, even though I hate Florida yeah. State, but I Florida mean, State looks good. I mean, it's week one and it's overreaction, which I mean, that's, we're supposed to overreact about crap. I mean, Pitt didn't look great against West Virginia. I mean, NC State. ACC's damn up for grabs. NC State, damn sure. Re- Reagan and I both almost had upsets of the week. Oh, we did. I was close. And our that next episode this kicker. week, we're going back. To, we're going another upset. We oh, got yeah. every week. We're picking an upset. Yeah, we're we're on to an episode. And then, uh, and, the a, and then at the end, of the, after the end of what is it, twelve weeks or thirteen weeks? At the end of thirteen weeks, 13. whoever has the most correct upsets owes to, uh, each other lunch. Lunch. Deal. Deal. Uh, deal. Lunch. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I almost feel, I kind of feel like I should be one to know because they won for their freaking kicker. For those that didn't listen last week, I, I picked East Carolina to beat NC State. They lost 21-20 to thanks to a missed extra point with four minutes left and then a missed uh, 41-yard field goal. I mean, NC State lost that game. Now, now I'm joking with saying I'm 0-1, but NC State lost lost that football game. There's not they weren't supposed to do that. Right. So that's bad. But a lot of people are saying the the LSU Florida State game was the game of the week. And if you want to say that fine, I'll give that to you. The game of the week was an Appalachia State. Was it Appalachia State in Boone, North Carolina? Sixty three to sixty one. Forty point score for App State in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean that's that's crazy. I mean I, I was watching the NC you State. You don't see game that every day. Reason, but yeah, it was Insane. I mean, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They came down. I mean, they had to get a two-point conversion. They couldn't get. I mean, honestly, that game. We're honestly looking at a game that could have gotten a team close to could have very well teams could have got to eighty points if they get that two-point conversion. And it, all right, here we go. Was it a fumble? Yeah. Oh, that's a fumble. Yeah, he punched it out. Georgia Tech ball in plus territory. DJ's on the hot seat, man. Kate, I think Kate Klubenick is going to be in this game before it's over. God, he might. He might. Jesus. Um. Chase Bryce, I mean, with four passing touchdowns in the fourth quarter, I mean, let's just look. I mean, 25 of 36, 361 yards, six touchdowns and a pick. You know, quarterback from UNC, um, Drake May is looking a lot like Sam Howell, if not better. I mean – you know, 24 of 35, 352, and four touchdowns. You know, his – I can't remember if it was his brother or his cousin, but he played on that national championship team for North Carolina like in 2006, I think, when they won. Jake May's brother? Yeah. Crazy. Well, yeah, crazy. Full North, circle. North Carolina legends, man. Uh, I mean, if you look at another game, this is kind of like the controversy of college football in the postseason. I mean, in the offseason, you saw USC absolutely annihilate Rice. And you also saw Oklahoma handle, um, what was it, UTEP? UTEP. Something like that. No, and Dylan Gabriel looked UTEP. good. Oh, uh, yeah, it was UTEP. Yeah, UTEP. I mean, Dylan Gabriel had a good game, 15 of 23, 233, and two touchdowns. Yeah. I believe he ran one in as well. Yeah, six six rushes, 20 yards. and. I got, I mean, I got one for you. I got, I got a little scenario for you. Here we go. That could very well happen. Utah runs table, they finished. 12 and 1, back 12 champs. They lost Florida. And let's just say everything stays set Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. Florida's 10 and 2 with a close loss to Georgia, and we'll say. Tennessee. Tennessee or Kentucky. Another, another close loss. Who does that committee. And let's say that's the only two. I guess they're one or the other. And that's just how it is. Who does the committee put in? Utah. Conference champ, 12 wins. They don't have a good win. Maybe USC, I guess. That's a good win, though. Oregon, like, Oregon's, we know what's all ha- what happened with Oregon, and if y'all play us close, I mean, Georgia just has freaks, though. I mean, Darnell Washington is 6'8", 280 pounds. He caught a ball, juked a guy out, stiff-armed a man, and hurdled someone. He's the size of LeBron James, and that's our second or third string tight end. Georgia's deep. Georgia's scary. Jalen Carter is – like Jordan Davis I have, left and Jalen Carter just came right in. And I, have, I have an interesting claim. It's definitely biased, of course, but it's definitely a chance because Utah has, has a really good defense. We saw that last year. I mean, they have a good defense. They play hard-nosed football. Um, I mean, there's a chance that that Florida-Georgia game is, is high scoring because that scheme Florida's running is not easy to stop. 
That's, I mean, An AR-15 is not easy to get down. The only thing, I mean, we won 49-3. to three. We scored in the first seven possessions, and we didn't give up anything. And the only reason they got a field goal was a bad um, uh, a bad defensive holding call that was which helped them get down the field. We kind of let them drive the ball on us a little bit, kind of. Like from the 20 to the 40, we kind of let them drive it on us a little bit. But well, whenever they backed, we were on, they whenever the end zone was closer than yeah. the 50 or yeah. was closer than the other goal line, yeah. it was like a, a stone it, wall. Yeah, I mean, it was just a buzzsaw. It was incredible. I, I, the funniest game of the week was has got to be Iowa South Dakota State. Seven oh my God, no touchdowns. No, seven to three, no touchdowns. I'm sure a lot of y'all are wondering, no, no touchdowns. They got two safeties. Iowa had two safeties. Man. I would love to know when was the last time that happened. I don't know. Look it up. I mean, look it up real quick. Um, in the meantime, do you want to – I'll tell you, my, my playoff pick did damn good. Um, Rice beat the hell out of South Florida. And I don't think South Florida's No, BYU. What did I say? Rice. Oh, I, was, I had USC on the brain. Um, yeah, BYU beat the heck out of them, and they looking pretty good. Um, we never even got – dude, who, our winner, winners of the week, we kind of just drifted off of that. <laughs> my winners of the week – Josh are everybody we talked about Georgia and um, Georgia Florida but everybody else in the SEC East I was gonna say the SEC East was the winner of the week because for the first time since I don't know how long the SEC East is better than the SEC West this year as of right now Texas A&M, I'm not impressed. No, I was not impressed. They didn't. They did not cover against Sam Houston. Now Sam Houston's an elite FCS team, but they're an FCS team. I I am not impressed. However, on the other side, outside of South Carolina, who I, I did say, I did say, watch out for that South Carolina Georgia State game. They they won. They it was close. They didn't win. But I mean, Kentucky. I mean, they played Miami, Ohio, but they did what they needed to do. Georgia Florida did what they did. Um, Vanderbilt's 2-0. Tennessee did what they needed to do. That SEC East, now, I do think Georgia is still a few steps ahead of everybody else, but I think we could very well at the end of the year look up and see four teams in the SEC East ranked. I think we're going to see, obviously, Georgia. I think Florida can be ranked. I think Tennessee will be ranked. I think Kentucky will be ranked. And I wouldn't see – I would not be surprised to see South Carolina kind of sniffing around right there. Now, then we look over in the SEC West. Uh-uh. I mean, the SEC is – I mean, it's by far the best. The SEC is the Sun Conference of Division One football. You know, it's the best. I mean – It'd be the best, don't it? 14-1 SEC so far. Good SEC God. is 14-1 and with LSU with the only lost banner. Oh, God dang it, SEC. God dang it, LSU. Could be 15-0. Brian Kelly has made – you know, LSU is objectively probably one of the funnest teams – just kind of go for if you're not like actively rooting against them. God, they're such a fun school. They're so awesome. And then just and did Scott Frost just save his job for one more week by the skin of his teeth? I don't think he. I mean, yeah, he won, but good God, I mean that seat can't get any hotter. They barely who, who they play and they barely beat like North Texas or some crap like that. God, this game yeah, it was, was bad. This is this game looking just like the Clemson Georgia game week one. Nothing. Barn burner. Yeah. What were you looking up there? Oh, the last time there I were could, two. There was, there was nothing. No. So that's probably the first time it's ever happened. Yeah, just to say, just to put it in this perspective, it was the, one of the most rare occurrences in college football ever. Mm. And that just explains Big Ten football to a T. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But we're going to move on, and let's go ahead and look at who do you have on upset alert for week one. I think I got mine. I just want to take a look at Everyone's the slate. Everyone's going to call me crazy, but I have mine. Uh, all right, go ahead, because I, I got mine. Alabama. No way. Against Texas. Because that's mine. That That's mine. I'll change it for the sake of this, because I got another one I really like. Oh, crap. That's not – what? All right, mine was going to be well, – we'll get into yours in a sec, because that is mine. Um, Baylor uh, and – Baylor – is ranked 10th against BYU. Hold. I have one more. Hold on. Because B, but BYU, even though they're ranked 15 spots lower, is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So, I can't really consider that. All right, what's yours? What do you have? 
They're back to back games, both at three thirty. App State heads to Texas oh, 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 oh. and Tennessee heads to Pitt. Oh college football. I don't I don't I don't really think whoever wins that Tennessee Pitt game would be it would be considered an what do you upset. Mean, unranked and ranked. Tennessee will probably be ranked coming down. And so they're not gonna be higher than seventeen. I I think consider it uh, okay, that's fine. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. All right. Wh- which one do you want to – are you choosing the Tennessee pit? Are we locking in? Let's lock in. We, because right, I'll let's, give let's you – take – Oh, I'll, I'll give you this. Do, do you want Alabama, Texas, or Tennessee pit, or App State, Texas a I got App State. You want to go App State? Yeah. I really like that pick. You, we can share the same one. Let's just not do it every week. That's boring. Because no, Alabama I'll, I'll, I'll Texas take, is a stretch. But if yeah. you truly believe it – because deep down, I look, you think they can do it. But I also think yeah. the most realistic one well, is another thing, State. Another thing with App State is they played a bad North Carolina team. I think North Carolina's bad. Um, so, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go Texas. I'll go Texas over Alabama just because just why not. I mean, and also looking at it, there's not a ton else. And then USC, Stanford. No. Could happen, but no. Oklahoma State has not been playing good football. Also, I just, I, also State. Alabama fans just get butt hurt when you don't just call them the greatest ever. And like you are, y'all, y'all are the greatest program ever. You get it. So whatever. But yeah, true. I'll go Texas, and you got um, App State. Yeah, so we're, we're making some people in Texas really happy, and some people in Texas really pissed off. But screw it. I would love to see that though, because I'd. Imagine if they both happened. Holy turmoil. Good lord, A and M fans are screwed. Texas you know who's fans. screwed? Jimbo is screwed. Jimbo is screwed. Nick Saban is not screwed because most likely he's going to absolutely onslaughter every other team they play. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't know, I, I, I can see it going one way. I can see Alabama just being. And after week one, I have a bold prediction. Uh, Ohio State does not end up in the playoff. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. Um, I'm surprised it took us that long to get into it. But I think that game was more. I'm impressed with what Notre Dame did than I'm disappointed with what Ohio State did. Right. But it's still, C.J. Stroud did not look like the Heisman hype no. he got. No. If you put two stats on in front of me and you and without the names, you put Stetson Bennett and C.J. Stroud, it, it wouldn't have – like I wouldn't have even – as a Georgia fan, I'd be like, oh, that's C.J. Stroud, that's Stetson Bennett. Yeah. 100%. But, no, I, I love Marcus Freeman. I love what he's doing in Notre Dame. And I could see them being a team uh, – they, they didn't hurt their playoff – Contention at all this week? Who Notre Dame? No, yeah, they, they didn't hurt hurt making the playoff. They now, now if table. it comes down between them and Ohio State, you know, tough. Right, but Notre Dame also has to play USC. Yeah, let's play Interesting. USC. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so going. I mean, college football from top to bottom, Division One NAI is just electric so far. Yeah, it's been you know, we got upsets. You know, we got big time teams playing. You know, teams in the Sun Conference playing, playing up, and you got bottom, bottom of the barrel teams in Division One playing up. DJ just overthrew his receiver by like fifteen yards. Okay, Klubenik, second half. Welcome to the jungle, dude. You got his booty hole got to be about yay tight right now. Moral of the story: College football is as electric as we can have it so far. You know, women's soccer in the Sun Conference is electric. Electric. Um, Speaking of electric. Uh, I was finally back on the call. Felt so good to be back broadcasting again for Weber Athletics. There were about 250 to 300 people at that volleyball game. Students. Shout out to Weber for packing that place good up. Good lord. I mean, it was. You know that the the side of the the side over there. It was packed. Standing room only. Pretty much. There was like one little section where it was a little spotty, but other than that, like. 90% of it was filled. 90, 95% of it was filled. It was electric. And, and that and just shows good. the kind of school spirit that Weber has because Weber volleyball hadn't been like. They, they have been. In recent history, they haven't been great. Now, they have one. They had one six. They started off 0 and 4, won their last seven now. They're kind of turning things around. But yeah, I mean, they're definitely not in the Sun Conference. They're definitely not. And Ave Maria. Ave Maria is really good in volleyball, by the way. Southeastern is really good in volleyball. Kaiser's really good. St. Thomas is pretty good. Uh, but. Yeah, uh, and it was packed, man. And we did a good job uh, on Weber Athletics promoting it and whatnot. DJ just got sacked. Man, shout out Georgia Tech playing a tough, yeah, tough shout first out the nerds. Shout out the nerds, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Josh, I think I said, God, I miss college football or I love college football or I'm so glad college football's back. 
somewhere between 20 and 30 times. Speaking of, here we go, Mr. Tom Milliner. He's in walked in. Hey, hey, Josh was just talking about how he cannot stand you as a uh, Georgia fan earlier. Go dogs, baby. Go dogs, man. Go dogs. Yeah. But, wow, that's crazy. His, his, his feelings are hurt. His feelings are hurt. What's it? Well, you got fans to be hurt about shit. We're Georgia football fans. We ain't got nothing. Ty, you got anything you want to say to the people as we're wrapping up here, man? Uh, can't wait to see uh, UF and Jacksonville, man. That's it. Yes. Can't wait to see it. Just wait for them. Right. See, that's what I was talking about, the irrational comments. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm good. Josh, you good? We're good. We're good. All right. Another great pod. All right. Love y'all. Um, just real quick, just want to say shout out to Scad Bees. Uh, reposting a ton of stuff. Um, and shout out Southeastern Athletic Pages still liking and reposting Sun Conference material. Stick it to the man, guys. Really appreciate that. Uh, and, and it just shows it's not just athletes that are, you know, on our side here in Lakeland. And, and, and that truly means, like, don't get me wrong, of course, athletes, we, we want y'all support, and that's awesome. But when it's grad assistants and coaches doing And it's that, just strange we have we have that, that little incident with the athletic director and our followers just all of a sudden just go up. Exploded. I mean, we're on pace to hit a thousand a lot quicker than a we think. Quicker. I think we could mess around and hit a thousand like before the semester's over. Oh yeah, before the semester's over, before we even get into basketball. And, and, and before big time baseball. Stop! I cannot. I can't. I cannot. Get, we need to enjoy I, football. Yeah, we need to enjoy football because God, I cannot wait for baseball season. It's going to be electric. I will say that issue in Lakeland will be resolved by baseball season because I'm, sure. I'm not. I'm not. That ain't going. That ain't going to happen. Um, I've emailed, just to give y'all an update, I've emailed uh, the AD again. I have not gotten a response, and I'm not saying I'm doing it, but I'm strongly considering driving to Lakeland in the next week or two if I do not get a response here. So that'll do it for this episode of Suncast. Josh, love you, brother. Another good one. Suncast, folks, love y'all. We will see y'all later on this week with one – Maybe two. We got two huge football interviews lined up this week. I don't think we'll post both of them. I think we'll save one for next week. But till then, see y'all. Love y'all. Be easy.